Hey guys, we've added some timestamps into our episode description, so if you want to skip straight to the discussion, you're more than welcome to. However, if you want to keep listening and catch up with us, hear us talk a bit of shit and also about our recommendations, then keep on listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Unapologetically Asian, a place where we talk about navigating through adulthood as Asian Australians. You're joined by Twee and Tiana. Hey! Hey guys! <laughs> Welcome back to Unapologetically Asian. Know why I'm talking like this, <laughs> guys? I'm really, really excited about today's recommendations, so I'm just gonna jump straight into it. Uh, <laughs> okay, brace okay. yourself. All right, I'm All bracing, right. mate. I'm bracing. <laughs> By order of the Peaky Fucking Blinders. Peaky Fucking Blinders, <laughs> guys. This is a TV show <laughs> that you have to get on. Bro. So my friends have been recommending me th- to watch this. For quite some time now. And I know the other day, Twee and I were talking about it, and Twee said she's actually been watching it, mm-hmm. haven't you? Yep. Bro, it's so good. Holy shit. Can we just talk about Thomas fucking Shelby? Thomas fucking Shelby. Oh okay. Um, so for, if you guys have a Netflix account, make sure you fucking <clears throat> jump on it ASAP mm-hmm. because it's on Netflix. But yes, Thomas fucking Shelby. Tommy Shelby. Tommy Shelbs. Tom Shelbs. T. Shelbs. So I kind of was hesitant about thinking that he was good looking, and that sounds—I know that sounds weird—but it's because he's in Christopher Nolan's *The Dark Knight* trilogy, and in Mm. that trilogy, he plays the Scarecrow. And bro, he lives up to the name of Scarecrow by being fucking scary in that. (laughs) So that's like I was like, oh yeah, he's not that good looking, or Mm. like you know, you know when you see someone as a character and then you see them again, and you're like, oh, they played that character so well, that's all you can see them as. Yeah. But nah, like... So you played nah. the scarecrow <laughs> so well that you didn't want to watch Peaky Blinders? No, 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 no. I did want to watch it, but it's just that I didn't know if I would find him attractive because everyone mm. was raving about how attractive he was. Wait, are you one of those people who only watch TV shows because the characters are attractive? No, bloody hell, mate. I love the plot line too, yeah. okay? Okay, for lie. those... I do that with K-dramas. Oh, for yeah, me, okay, for when... K-dramas, 100%. Me and yeah. my mum, okay, <laughs> It has to have a cute guy. It has to have a cute guy. Even, okay, that sounds so shallow, but I know. if there's no cute guy in the K-drama, I can't yep. sit through it. Sorry. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what Peaky Blinders is all about, it's set in Birmingham and it's set after the Great War. So it's basically about this gang called the Peaky Blinders. Peaky fucking blinders. Yeah. And you know who I freaking love? Yeah. I love Arthur. <laughs> oh. He's, he's a crackhead, though. I know, literally. literally I know. But he's so funny. Don't you um, reckon he reminds you of, like, a little child? Like, he has a yeah, child attitude. he does. He does. No, he does. He but does have so a very childlike because attitude. because he's the oldest sibling. But that's the thing about this show. It's not just about gangsters. It's also about family. Mm. Like, that's a huge component of the show. Yeah. And even though some of the shit they do is, like, pretty fucked up... <laughs> It, they do it all out of love for their family and yeah. all for the benefit of their family rising mm. up and yeah. becoming, like, this legitimate business, which yeah. I find so fascinating. Def- they are the definition of family comes first. Yeah, for Whatever sure. Whatever they do, it's always family. They always prioritise family. Okay. I also really freaking love the soundtrack. 
Like mm. the opening song. Oh, it's I so catchy. It. It's yeah. so good. And I love how sometimes they use songs from like Arctic Monkeys oh. and Royal Blood, like these mm. cool rock alternative bands. Yeah. And I just love how it's like these are modern bands, yet they incorporate are, it. Yeah, in they incorporate it. It's so good. Huh, that's interesting. I don't really. Well, when I watch it, I do appreciate the soundtrack, but I never knew that they used popular bands hmm. like music from popular bands yeah oh it's quite interesting okay there's okay i know we're, we're freaking going on and on about Peaky blinders but that means you guys have to watch it there's this one scene okay do you know that scene i think you've seen this one so it was like in season two it Wait, was, if oh, you're planning on watching it yeah skip. skip okay we'll tell you when to skip but yeah just a bit of a warning there might be a spoiler okay yeah <laughs> okay okay oh my god do you know in that episode where it's like the last episode of season two mm. and it's like he makes his speech about there's a woman oh, wait no sorry that's a bad accent there's a woman okay i can't i can't what the <laughs> there's a woman and then his blue eyes just shoot up at the sky and then he closes them and then he's talking about how like he was so fucking close oh the yeah, yeah the dream woman yeah oh, oh my god, god that i love scene. that i freaking scene. love it and i'm just like holy shit because it's like he's so ready to accept mm. death. Yeah. And he's just... And that was the last... That was the last one, thought on yeah, his mind. Yeah, that was the one regret he had. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. He's just a brilliant actor, man. He is. Anyways, you know, just TLDR. Just watch this shit, man. It's, you it's won't so regret good. it. <laughs> watch it for the plot line. Mm-hmm. The story. Mm-hmm. The cinematics. It's just everything. Even just the everything. Ca- all the characters. But mainly Tommy Shelby. Oh, Fucking yeah. Hell. Tommy fucking Shelby. He's so hot. Okay, um, I think we're getting a bit too carried away here. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, we should get straight into our episode. So what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about the middle. Ooh. The middle. So what is the middle? Okay, I would define the middle as the period of time between graduation mm-hmm. and starting your first full-time role. Okay, I think a good way to start off this topic is to walk you guys through basically our LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, this will give you a bit of a picture as to where we were, we kind of started pre-graduation, then the graduation period itself, mm-hmm. then that period of time or the, the middle um, and to where we are now. So a bit of a journey, a bit of a roadmap. Okay. All right. So you guys ready? Buckle up because you're about to go on a bit of a ride with us. Uh, Tweety, do you want to start us off with your career journey? Okay, so my first job, I worked at KFC. Oh, love yeah. it. Yeah. The counter girl, mm-hmm. the very friend. Uh, so that was my first job. Mm-hmm. And then I quit in like year 12 or something. Throughout university, I was part of ESA, so that took up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I worked at the bottle store and I also started working at Uniqlo towards the end of um, uni as well and like yeah I did that case competition <laughs> like a, a, it was like a small and you guys won as like, well that's awesome dude yeah actually we did a we did two case competitions that semester so one of them was the marketing competition mm-hmm. and the other one was a more broader business finance one mm-hmm. do you think that doing the case comp that made you because you majored in marketing and finance mm-hmm. right yeah so did that kind of make you feel like you wanted to pursue marketing over finance like did you know which major you wanted to focus on not really 
that was just like a side project sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think the moment I picked finance as a major and actually did finance 101, I realized, fuck that shit. <laughs> I want to do marketing. I honestly only did um, finance as a major and continued it as a major for the extra like pizzazz. Pizzazz. <laughs> That's probably not the right word. Well, originally I wanted to do marketing and um, management, mm-hmm. but then I did one management class and I fucking hated it. So <laughs> it I was like, for life. it literally scarred me for life. The lecture was bloody horrible. Yeah. So I was kind of like, what else can I do? Oh, let's try finance because I really was interested in the other ones, which was accounting and economics. I knew I could not do that. So what was left? Finance. <laughs> and I wasn't the best at it, but I was able to pass my subjects, which is why I continued. And you did an internship, didn't you? Yeah, so I interned at a small startup company and I helped out with their marketing stuff there. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I learned quite a lot from it. I learned a lot of digital side of advertising, Yeah, which I didn't really learn in uni because mm-hmm. uni, it's very theoretical mm-hmm, and it's just reading from textbooks and stuff. Whereas at this internship, they it was very practical. Mm-hmm. So I was working a lot with... Um, like Facebook and Google Ads and all that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Really interesting. So I did that in my final semester at uni. I was applying for a bunch of grad jobs. <laughs> did I do well? Obviously not. <laughs> I didn't really. Um, I didn't end up getting any of them, but I did make it to some like assessment centers and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. But I fucked up because after I graduated, I ended up going on a bunch of holidays. <laughs> As he to, would. In, in typical Toy spirit. <laughs> if you guys know Toy, you guys know that, like, in, I don't know, you'll just hit her up and she'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to Japan that week. And you'll be like, since freaking when, mate? Dude, it's a really bad habit. I just keep on booking, like, fucking flights to wherever with no money. And it's like, ugh, I don't know. But, um, Considering that I didn't have a grad job lined up for me, that was a very bad decision. Like, going on these holidays was really bad. Why? Because, like, pretty much to set the scene, I graduated mid-year, mm-hmm. so June. And that is the period of time where, like, companies will start recruiting grads for the following year. Mm-hmm. And they tend to hold all their assessment centers and interviews during that period of time. So July, August, mm-hmm. September, like, that's the prime time yeah. um, for holding interviews and stuff. And I was on fucking holidays for pretty oh, much all that shit. time. I remember so, like, during the holiday, um, I would check my emails every now and then. And they'll be like, oh, we tried calling you, but we couldn't reach you. Oh, and I'm no. like, fuck. Or um, I remember there was this one company that I really wanted to work in. Mm-hmm. And I made it past the tests. I made it past the video interviews. And I went to the assessment center and everything. And... They told me that they'd get back to me like two weeks after assessment after the assessment center. Mm-hmm. Now I was leaving for I think it was Korea three weeks after the assessment oh, center. Shit. So by the third week when I was leaving, I hadn't heard back. So I assumed that I didn't make it past you know the assessment center. Mm-hmm. I remember when I got back, I was at the airport. I turned on my phone, put my SIM card in. And I had a few missed calls and voicemails. I listened to it and it was the recruitment lady. And she said, oh, hi, I would like to invite you back for a final interview, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fucking hell, I can't believe I missed out on that. Oh, shit. Stupid. Anyway, so that happened like a few times, which is so dumb. Like, 
pretty much, guys, don't go on fucking holidays after <laughs> graduating. If you, or don't go on holidays during the recruitment period because if you have, like, you might miss a few opportunities and you'll feel shit for it. And that's how I felt. Oh my god, because I didn't have these jobs lined up for me. There was an a really awkward period of time post-graduating and before I got my full-time job now where I just felt completely lost and Mm -hmm. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Um, So that went on for like six months. Like it was Mm -hmm. ages. During that time I was working at Uniqlo. I decided to go full-time because I felt like I was just wasting all this time and doing nothing. So why not make a bit of cash (laughs) while I'm at it? But yeah, I just remember going to work, going home, feeling tired not only because it was, you know, labor intensive at Uniqlo, <laughs> but also I just felt mentally tired. Yeah. Because I just didn't know where I was going in life, didn't have anything to look forward to, and I was getting pressured from family because although my parents don't really care about where I end up in later on the track. Like, they don't care if I become a doctor or a lawyer. Like, they don't have those sort of expectations on me. They just Mm -hmm. want me to have a secure full-time job. Mm -hmm. And Uniqlo wasn't secure. Mm -hmm. To them, it was just a part-time job. Not a career job. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to have a career job, something secure that I can work in for an extended period of time. And Uniqlo obviously wasn't that. And anyway, so yeah, I had all this pressure from my parents and they would be asking me, so, have you found a job yet? Mm-hmm. What are you? Why are you still working at Uniqlo? You're wasting your time, blah blah blah. And because of that, I just felt really under the weather, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this shit." Yeah. <sighs> I think parents, especially Asian parents, they might seem like they're being very harsh, but I think mm. we can both agree that they do have our best interests at heart. Oh yeah, definitely. And they wanted to be like, "Okay, Twee's gonna be okay. She's gonna yep. be fine." Mm. But they wanted you to be fine straight away in their heads or in their minds it's like you graduate then you get a job and then that's Mm. it then they can relax yeah but because I think Asian parents it's kind of hard for them to grasp the concept that that whole middle period Mm. or that period of time after graduation everyone's on a different timeline yeah you know yeah that's the thing I want to emphasize this me feeling like this and this middle period Mm -hmm. is so normal like it is so so many people experience this shit and I remember just seeing like during that time I remember thinking I'm such a shit cunt (laughs) why am I going through this but real in reality a lot of people go through this it's just like during that time I just remember comparing myself to my friends and like Mm -hmm. oh fuck this person has a great job or oh, this person has is like working right now like they're so successful what the fuck am I doing yeah and it's a very it's toxic, so toxic me- mentality to have a you can even say I was like semi-depressed at that stage because yeah. I just felt shit like every day how did you kind of overcome that because I know mm. now you are working at an awesome media agency and you have awesome work perks <laughs> and you're just living your best living life, my best life. <laughs> well, so how did you overcome that initial period of time where you just felt lost hmm. well there was a period of time where I missed out on all these grad opportunities and I missed out on all these calls or like I received like rejection letters. I was really demotivated and I didn't want to do anything. I was like, oh, I've done so much. I need a break. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I was kind of like feeling sorry for myself. Like I feel so shit. And then it took a while for me to build up that motivation again to actually work towards something, work towards finding another job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember at Uniqlo, I would be on my breaks and I would actually go on to seek, go on to draw 
Com, which are Australian job seeking sites mm-hmm. and I'd scroll through and apply for like fucking whatever <laughs> at yeah. that point I was so desperate for a fucking job like so desperate to get out of Uniqlo but that's how I ended up finding my current job actually I applied for it because the only thing it asked for was my resume oh sweet yeah anyway enough about me what about you Tiana what's your career journey <laughs> <laughs> oh okay sit sit down guys I get <laughs> Get ready, get comfortable. It's no. going to be a long one. <laughs> I'm blushing. So to start off with, pre-career-wise, I've had a bunch of like retail hospitality roles before. I started uni, so I was a waitress, and then I had a gig at Boost Juice, um, worked there whilst I was at uni, and that was a lot of fun. But then whilst I was at uni, I got a job part-time at NAB. So this was basically, it wasn't a really glamorous role, it was just, you know, an entry-level role. Mm-hmm. But I had a fantastic team, great team yeah. leader, it was good culture and everything like that. Oh, sorry to interject. I just yeah. wanted to mention, um, although a lot of people around me worked at banks, I was so happy for you when you told me that you got that job. Like, I was just like, oh. fuck, she's moving on in the world. Like, oh, now, thank you. Oh, my God. It's such a big and large institution. Like, I was amazed when um, I found out Oh, my God, stop there. it. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, now this one crazy. But, yeah, anyway, continue. You know, it was good because it was a very flexible role. So I was able to balance. My priority was uni. Mm. I was a bit of a nerd at uni. And, you know, I was the kind of student who would go to all my lectures. <laughs> I would color code all my notes. Yeah, I was that girl. <laughs> the one who attend, who actually attends the 9 a.m. lectures. Dude, I remember going to lectures at Twee. And sometimes <laughs> she would rock up late. And I would, like, wave at her to be like, fuck, bro, I saved you a seat. And she would just be so lost in the morning that she would go you would go sit like somewhere else I'd be like bro oh I my think, god we were in the same class and we we're pretty tight friends but I don't think I I think I sat next to you like once throughout the semester yeah, probably because once. you hardly rocked up I hardly rocked up hardly ever rocked up on time um and was pretty much I fell asleep for like half of it oh yeah same literally same it's too early in the morning man yeah as soon as it starts I'm just, yeah. Anyway, Anyway, (laughs) we digress. So I'm working part-time at NAB and I decide that I really want to apply for different internships because I'm at that period of time where I want to see where do I want my career to go. To give context, with marketing, you can either work on client side, so that's at your FMCGs or basically your brands, or you can work on the agency side. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get experience in the agency side because I just wanted to see hey, after I graduate, where do I want to be? So um, I applied for an internship at a advertising agency. It was good to be able to have an inside look into the agency and see how it works and see what I was good at, what I wasn't good at. So I did learn a lot from that internship experience. So I was at uni, I was working, and then I was also doing the internship. So I was pretty full on. And VSA. Were you VSA? Oh yeah, I was in VSA as well. VSA is like having a job It's in itself. Fucking hell, it's so much fucking work. Anyways, towards the end of my degree, so in my final year, I started applying for grad jobs because I've always been told that, hey, you know, grad jobs, they're going to set you up. So that was my mentality. I was at NAB and honestly, I was only enjoying it for the people. Yeah. The job that I was doing itself, I wasn't really liking it. And I came to realize that I'm the type of person that I'm really driven by passion. With what I do for a living, I want to be 
able to enjoy it. And I knew that marketing was something that I was really interested in because A, you can be analytical, but B, you can also be quite creative. Basically, I worked out that working at the bank wasn't really for me. So that's why I was really motivated to apply for a, another role. And okay, so now we enter the phase where we go to the beloved grad apps. Grad apps. All right. Grad so app. fucking cases. for those of you who have not been through the process or haven't had the joys of going through the process... <laughs> Basically, what you do is you have to tailor your resume or your CV to the company or the position that you're going for. Step one. Step one. Then mm-hmm. you also got to do a cover letter. If everything's okay, you get through to the testing round. And then if you get through, then you have to do a video interview. Then after mm-hmm. that, you then go to the assessment center. Assessment center is usually broken up into group activities and individual activities. Yeah. And then if you get through, you'll get a callback which is the final interview. And that's where you meet with um, hiring managers. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you have to wait and then they come back to you with the offer or the rejection. I just want to say that during this time, in my head, I had this mentality of, okay, I really want these dream companies. So I listed like, I think it was two dream companies. And I was like, you know what? These are the companies that I really fucking want. And if I don't get them, then it's going to be the end of the world. So that's my, that was my mentality. Anyways, um, I got to the final round of both of them, which I obviously like it's a... It's it's a me clapping. Oh, thank you. Like I was happy and all that shit. But then I got told that um, I missed out by like, I think one of them, I was told that oh, I was missed out by one person. I was second in line and someone else got it before me, which was soul crushing. And I, I just felt very down on myself. I had a great support system. I had people telling me that, you know, you should be proud of yourself for getting to mm-hmm. this feat. But during that time, I just, I kind of blocked that out and I felt very disappointed in myself because I had worked so hard at uni, like I'd fucking color coded all my notes and shit. <laughs> I'd done well in all my exams. I'd freaking work my butt off at internships. And then now I had gotten to the stage where I wanted to progress further, get a grad job. And I just felt so shit about myself because I was like, what the heck? All this hard work, it didn't pay off in the end. Yeah. But my mentality has now changed. Like, I feel like I've done a 180 and I'm, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this a bit later on. But yeah, I was feeling shit. And then on top of that, I was going through a breakup. So oh. I was... Uh, oh my God. Yeah, I was... Uh, dip- I. I was actually depressed. I lacked so much motivation. And yeah. anyway, we can, I guess we'll we can talk. For yeah, we'll, say, we'll <laughs> say that for another episode, um, maybe. <laughs> but anyways. So during my last semester of university, I had the opportunity to do a subject called Global Management Consulting. Mm, and fancy. <laughs> if you are still at uni, uni Melb, I definitely recommend you take this opportunity mm. because it's basically you get to work overseas um, and you get to go with a bunch of your fellow students, um, stay in a hotel together, experience a new culture together and also experience a new working culture together and environment Mm. together, which is awesome. So you have to like go through a bit of an application process. So yeah, it was really fun. I actually had the opportunity to go to Singapore. Amazing. And I went with a really awesome bunch of people. I got to work for um, Yum Brands. Singapore, which they make KFC, don't they? They do make KFC. (laughs) They actually are the parent brand for KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. So I got to work 
specifically on the KFC Asia case. It was an actual tangible case that applied to the business. They gave us this problem, briefed us in on it, and then we did our research and then we presented to the leadership team, which was very daunting, but it was a really fun experience. And I also broke my KFC streak there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to. You were yeah. turning But if brand. anyone knows me, they know that I don't really eat McDonald's or KFC or anything like that. Mm. But I was like, oh, well, I'm in Singapore. It doesn't count if it's in Singapore. <laughs> but anyways, long story short, um, it was a really awesome opportunity. And they actually are going to adopt some of our strategies that we proposed, which is oh, cool. freaking awesome. And mm. so, yeah, that was something that I was a part of in uni. So I graduated at the end of last year. And got a part-time graduate consulting role at a small firm. And then whilst I was at that firm, another graduate program got back to me and they offered me a role, but this role was based in Sydney. Mm -hmm. So at that period of time, I had to kind of make the decision, okay, am I going to stay in Melbourne and stay at this um, small consulting firm or am I going to move to Sydney? And honestly, I was actually really looking forward to moving to Sydney. I was so excited for you. I was like, fuck this girl. Thanks, girl. I was like, yep, new adventure. (laughs) Really excited for it. But I was looking at it practically. And even though I wanted to YOLO and do it, I thought of it through the perspective of if I move to a new state, I want to be able to have enough money to be able to go out, meet Mm. new people and basically live my best life and be able to like, you know, go out and socialize and stuff. And that involves money, right? And the graduate salary that they were offering in the Sydney position, it didn't really justify moving to a new state. Yeah, that's why I decided to ultimately stay. Anyway, I was working at this new place. Um, My role was a junior brand strategist and I was enjoying what I was doing because I was able to work for a bunch of different clients um, in different sectors and everything was going great. But I found that I was starting to feel unfulfilled at work. Yeah. Um, and this is because downside to working at a small company is that there isn't any structured training programs or there isn't a lot of emphasis on career progression because it's mm. still growing and it's still small and, you yeah. know, and that's something that I really st- I missed yeah. learning. I decided to apply for a new role um, and this included round two of the good old <laughs> grad programs <laughs> i don't um, know how you did it honestly like after my round one my only <laughs> round i was like fuck this shit fuck grad programs grad jobs and all that stuff i just went straight to applying for just well i did yeah. i did apply for entry roles as well mm. as grad roles but because it happened to be at the same time mm. i was just like yeah why not you know <laughs> But yeah, just before I continue, I just want to say I really encourage if you're just sitting out there working your daily nine to five or whatever you do and you want a better opportunity, you know what? You're capable of finding that opportunity. So just do it, man. And kudos to you if you're actually doing that because it takes a lot of effort. Okay, so before I mentioned that I had some dream companies in mind for the first round of grad applications but what I realized a year later so this was literally a year later was that my mentality had changed right no longer did I look at a organization and think you know what that is the only organization that I wanted to apply for yeah I approached this round with more of an open mind I was like you know what I've had experience working at a small firm and Mm. I know that each company has its own strengths so I'm going to do some research into each company's like strengths and what they can do for me. Mm. When you approach a graduate process, you shouldn't just be like, oh, this program or this company is on a pedestal compared to this one. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then you have people like me who it's like, 
Am I eligible? Yes. Apply. <laughs> Did oh I apply for the most random fucking shit, man? <laughs> you have people like Tiana who does the research <laughs> and like knows what she wants to do. And then there's people like me who, who apply for just no. like fucking everything. Well, that's a bad thing, but you know. We're all different, we're all different mate. We all approach these things differently. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I approach it a lot differently. And also I think I had this mentality where it was like, you know what? Grad jobs aren't the be-all, end-all. If I mm. don't get it, I'm not going to be all depresso, expresso about it. <laughs> I think th- the first round, I just was very narrow-minded, but this time I was a lot more open-minded. So I was ready for rejection and I was going to embrace it with welcome arms. Mm. Um, anyways, went through that process and I got an offer, which was Yay! really awesome. Woo-hoo! So I start that next year. So mm. very excited. To put into context, I was still at this consulting firm and I had this grad job and this grad job was going to start in 2020. So I still have, I'd say about six months in between, but you know what? I was still going to work and feeling that sense of emptiness. I still felt unfulfilled. So I'm going to go on a couple of holidays, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to apply for something different and, and do something in the meantime so that I can try to upskill myself mm-hmm. and prepare myself for that grad role. Anyways, I started at this new place as a product specialist. I, I said this to Twee the other day. I when I first joined, I felt a bit of imposter syndrome because it's my first role that's not an entry level role. Mm. So I felt like, oh shit! Like, what if I upselled myself too much in the interview? And I was kind of worried that when I started my role, that I wouldn't be able to live up to their expectations. Mm. But so far, I've been loving it, and good. yeah, I'm learning so much, which mm. is what I really wanted to do. So good. yeah, nice. that's where we are right now. <laughs> So we're both pretty much working full time. Yes. Anyway, if you could tell your past self at the beginning of this middle phase, what tips or lessons would you want to get across? Okay. Well, firstly, that'd be a fucking great power to have if you could fucking teleport. (laughs) Time travel. That's the shit. Okay. One of the key things that I would tell past Tiana is that rejection is fucking good. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. Embrace it. And I know that sounds very counterintuitive, but in life, you are going to fail. Mm-hmm. All right. It's inevitable. And you are going to be rejected, whether that be by a company, whether that be by a person, whether that be by a freaking animal. <laughs> I don't know what situation you may be in, but you're going to experience it. And I 100% guarantee that the way that you handle it and the way that you grow from it is going to make you a stronger person in the Mm. end. And it's going to make you a better person in the end. And not only personally, but also professionally. Because look at it this way. If you have experienced rock bottom, if you have failed, you know that next time when you approach that process, you know um, how to approach it differently. You know Mm. what your weak spots are and you know how to improve on that for next time. And guess who's going to be more prepared and guess who's going to be the better job applicant next time? Mm -hmm. You are. So just remember that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, mate. You just got to keep hustling. You just got to keep soldiering on because you Mm. will get there. So Twee, um, what would you tell past Twee? who is feeling lost. I'll tell her that just fucking enjoy your holiday and don't think too much about what you're going to be doing in the future because no matter what, you'll end up doing something and that's what matters. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have a job now, you will have a job later. It's not impossible. 
that's the thing I want to emphasize. It's not impossible because I remember at that time I was feeling like, fuck, I'm never going to find anything. It is so hard. Like this is never going to happen. No, Tui, shut the fuck up. It will. You just never know when it's going to come and it could come, you know, as you expect it or could come like very unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because yeah. this sounds so freaking like cliched. But I honestly think everything happens for a reason, right? Mm. So, Oh my God, that's so true. Very, especially in this situation that I'm in now, everything does happen for a reason. Yeah, because like in one point in your life, you might think, oh shit, I really wanted my dream job. Mm. Why didn't the universe grant me with my dream job? Yeah. But you know what? Later down the track, you're going to realize, hey, maybe that dream job wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get another opportunity in another place. Yep. And you'll be like, holy shit, I'm so happy that I got this job at, at mm. this place. Could you imagine if you actually got that dream job at the other place? Because you wouldn't be where you are now. You wouldn't meet the people that you have met. You wouldn't mm. have experienced the things that you have. So mm. everything happens for a reason, mate. Yeah, Definitely. Like, for example, how you said if you landed your dream job, you wouldn't be where you are now. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the situation that I'm in. Because let's just say that I didn't end up going on that holiday and I ended up going to that final interview for that um, job. If I ended up getting that job, then I wouldn't have discovered the world of media. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that that happened because... Mate, you get free shit all the time. Yeah, man. There's so many fucking perks in the media industry. <laughs> Holy shit. Freebies all the time. Like today, I've got a free kick, kick cup. It's just I've discovered a whole entire industry that I had no idea existed. Yeah. And it, it came out of fucking nowhere. It makes me so happy mm. to see that you are enjoying what you're doing and to <laughs> see... No, because I truly think you deserve it. And oh, no, seriously... I'm proud of you because you are at a place where you're enjoying what you're doing. You mm. discovered this whole new industry, but also you're getting all these cool rewards for your hard work. And mm. I think as a friend, it's mm. really good to be able to see your friend yeah. bloom, you know? Well, likewise, I was there with you when you're going through this depresso espresso stage and you're taking 10 shots of depresso every day. <laughs> and like, oh my um, God. And to see where you are now, you know, being able to, you know, fucking work at such an amazing large corporation and also have a grad job, a really good grad job lined up for you as well. You know, all of our hard work pays off eventually, whether you have spent all this time applying for all these grad jobs and then eventually landing one or whether you've spent a lot of time just soul searching and applying for odd jobs here and there or doing odd jobs here and there. At the end of the day, you'll make it somewhere. Everyone approaches life differently. Everyone Everyone is on a different timeline. I remember having a conversation with someone about this where they were talking about, oh, this person is so successful. Mm. You know, they're making this figure salary. They've got a house. They've got this. They've got that. And you know what? Girlfriend, you're right. Like, they're successful Mm in their own way yeah but success isn't solely by how much you earn about you know the house that you have about the material things i'm not trying to um downplay their achievements because it's Mm. awesome good on them right and i'd be so proud if they were in their position as well but i think success is different for everyone everyone has a different definition for success Mm. whether that be being able to do something you're passionate about maybe you really want to discover a new planet and then you do mate you're successful maybe you really want to 
be on TV. And, and you fucking star as the next Bachelor. Yep. Mate, you're fucking successful. You're successful. Right. You know, maybe you want to score a date with um, <laughs> that cute girl at the coffee shop. And you do. Mate, you're successful. successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes aside, like, I think your definition of success will change mm-hmm. as your career progresses. Yep. And also just know that it's like an internal thing and an external thing. So Mm. don't feel pressured to achieve this one idealization of success. And you should be happy and feel satisfied with other sort of achievements as well. Pretty much success comes in all different shapes and sizes and Mm -hmm. just be satisfied. Be happy. That's the main, that's the goal. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. And I think um, we're getting towards the end of this conversation. So (laughs) let's just wrap it up here. Thank you very much for listening in. We hope you have learned something from this or, you know, can relate to the experiences that we have gone through. Yes. Thank you so much for sitting through this long episode. We honestly do appreciate it. And as Twee mentioned before, whether you have been through this and you can relate or whether you're going through this now just know that you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay and that a shit ton of fucking people go through this and you're not the only yeah, one yeah you're not the only you're one okay all right we should end off here um <laughs> feel free to subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. Or follow us on Spotify. Also, chuck us a cheeky follow on uh, Instagram. Unapologetically AZN. By order of the Peaky Falcon Blinders, I now sentence you to follow us on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Alright, later. Bye.